It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I, I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. You're listening to the Go Birds Pod, a radio.com podcast about your beloved birds. Hey, hello. It is the Go Birds Podcast presented by Parks Sportsbook and Casino. Elliot, Doug Peterson is back, baby. Well, as we discussed two pods ago, Doug Peterson is a very comforting individual. So as you would imagine, <laughs> it was very exciting to see him back. It was uh, it was good to see him. You know, even though he was always asymptomatic, uh, it was just good to see him back at the, at the NovaCare. We did get a chance to talk to him today. Looked just like his normal self. Acted like his normal self. Was definitely training camp mode. Doug, uh, and training camp is only a few days away. It's crazy. You're actually going to be there, Elliot. You're going to be there. Next, like, this is actually happening. Monday. We've heard... I think, no joke, I think every single podcast we've done, you have mentioned how much you lament the fact that you can't chart stats, be down there. It's finally happening, buddy. I know. I Well, I'm going to try to not say as exci- say the word excited as much as I did on the last pod. I also noticed <laughs> I, forgot, I said I it during my WIP that. hit about a half hour ago, though, so... We'll see how, how that goes, how my Look, mission to do that there are uh, worse words. There are worse words to say over and over again than excited. Am I right? Good point. Yeah, that could be way worse, yeah. I guess, yeah. especially yeah. in the year 2020. Yeah. Also, I mean, I'm just – I personally am happy that you were able to get your comfort from Doug Peterson on a day when it's pouring outside right now. So, you know, my fr- – yeah. somehow, some way, when it starts raining in Philadelphia, my first thought is not about the Phillies game tonight, even though after last night I don't even want there to be a Phillies game tonight. Uh, it's not about my, you know, getting home or walking my dogs. I think of you, Elliot. That's where I'm at. Well, I, I appreciate it. Um, it's looking like we're going to get somewhere between around 0.23 to 0.4 <laughs> inches of rain out here in Westchester. Although I think it's going to end up being under that. My guess would be, if I'm going to call it, about 0.18 inches. That's my prediction of how much rain we're going to get out here in Westchester. <laughs> it seems like the storm is hitting Philly. So if you're listening to this uh, and you're dealing with the storm, I, I feel bad for you. 
I've learned not to go against you in predicting uh, how many inches yeah, of rain we will get. The one thing I'm yes, good at. Yes, I will. I will leave that to the experts. The experts are you. All right, Elliot. Coming up, we've got ten questions about the Eagles: five offense, five defense, to kind of get to the heart of kind of the biggest storylines with this team heading into what's actually like really training camp and practices and all that. But quickly, a, a couple things at the top here. And and we mentioned Doug. He's back. He spoke to the media. Did anything stand out from that? Yeah, I thought there was a pretty big uh, reveal in that, which is there's been a lot of talk leading up to what camp is going to be like. Are they going to hit more? Are they going to have more intense scrimmages? All those things. The answer is no. Doug said he's going to have training camp essentially the same way he always has. Uh, two days of hitting. I think they're allowed to have eight or nine practices with pads. They'll have the 10-10-10 days, which are basically glorified walkthroughs. They'll have off days. So Doug said they're going to do things uh, as as normal, which is surprising somewhat. I feel like there's been a lot of talk and narratives that training camps are going to be more intense than normal. But when you think through it, I think it does kind of make sense to do it the same way. I mean, the starters don't play in preseason games anyway. And trying to make up an entire you know six weeks of OTAs by having them hit each other really hard right before the season does seem a little foolish. Yeah, it's actually a really interesting situation. You know, I think we're going to see which teams do it certain ways and which teams do the other and get some actual evidence of what was the right way to do it. I, I know for a COVID sports parallel, that's kind of been a thing with Joe Girardi and the Phillies. Is he, you know, not letting pitchers go deep into games? Is that smart or not? A ton of injuries around baseball. How deep should these guys be going? I think it's a kind of a similar parallel with should they hit if they don't hit all that? Like, what's it going to be when the season starts? Another similar parallel between the Phillies and the Eagles, neither team can catch. Boom. <laughs> there you go. There you go. As if I already haven't spent enough time talking about that debacle last night. Yeah. yeah. It's why I'm tired right now. It's why I'm uh, frustrated in general, Elliot. Let, let's. <laughs> I, I stayed up and watched it. I, I like a lot of the changes in baseball. The runner on second base to start is dumb. Yeah. I it, do not like that. Well, chance. it's not that baseball. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Well, I don't care about that. It's just way too easy to score. Like you get one hit and essentially he's in if it's like a decent hit out to the outfield. So, I agree. Didn't, didn't like that. I but agree. I, yeah. We're on the same side. All right. Anything else from Doug before we move on? Um, so we talked about the hitting schedule. He talked about Greg Ward, kind of saying that Greg Ward is still going to be a part of this offense. It sounds like he's essentially going to be a starter. Uh, I think the only true starter at receiver is Deshaun Jackson. The other guys will kind of rotate in and out. But it sounds like Greg Ward is going to be one of those starters. Um, he said he commented on Howard Eskin's beard, said it looked <laughs> like he was cast away. Feels so like was, it feels like everyone. It's like a rule. You have to comment on on Howard's beard when the Zoom calls happen. Yeah. I mean, even Carson did. I know. So. That's my point. Yeah. Um, no, I think that was about it. I mean. Again, we're kind of in a weird holding period where we don't really get to see what's happening. Not much is happening uh, at the NovaCare, and then next Monday things will completely change. But, yeah, no, that was, that was kind of that was the all Doug had to say. Did they ramp up practices at all? Has it kind of moved from, at all from the, the kind of training ramp up physically to, yeah. to what's going on down there right now? So the first few weeks, I guess it's maybe three weeks now or two weeks around there. Yeah, I guess around two weeks. They've basically been doing some combination of like lifting, working out and walkthroughs. Uh, that changed on the 12th, so on, on Tuesday. They're allowed to do more intense practices. I would just kind of equate them to an OTA practice where 
I'd imagine there'll be some full speed going on, but probably more of a glorified uh, walkthrough. But they're allowed to put helmets on. I think they can have shells on. Doug's back, so that's important. And from a COVID perspective, this is their first chance to wear the helmets with uh, the mouth guards kind of thing. Um, for those that haven't seen it, it's essentially like uh, a visor, you know, like the visors players will put on. They normally they're black on their helmets. It's essentially that, but it goes behind the mouth, the uh, face mask, uh, and has little holes. So I, I think you'll see the majority of players wear that, to be honest. I think Deshaun Jackson had one on. He posted a picture of his helmet, or at least going to try it out. I think there's almost no harm in doing it. Um, so I, I think over the next few days, you'll see players kind of decide uh, what they're going to do with that. And they'll start to actually like have real live reps. Like the offense will go against the defense. So, so you know, so it'll, it'll be good. All right. Before we get to our 10 questions quickly, uh, two things about the Dallas Cowboys. One was a tweet that you saw that you thought was pretty interesting. Yeah, I like this. And I think that if the Eagles did it, Eagles Twitter would be just out of control with like, look at our team. Da, 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 da. So the Cowboys, it appears part of the roster, I, I believe it was reported a large portion of the roster is going to form, form their own bubble. So I think they're going to like rent out a hotel. I don't know how they're going to go about it, but they're electing to form their own bubble. I love it. I get that. It's not a perfect bubble. It's not an NBA bubble. It's not an NHL bubble, but you know what? It's better than nothing. Like no matter how you slice it, if a majority of your players are going to try their best to be in a bubble and hold each other accountable, that is better than no bubble at all. That is better than the players trying to be responsible, but separating and going their separate ways at the end of the day. Um, so it's not perfect, but I, I think it's, you know, I, I'm, next time we talk to players, I'm going to ask the Eagles players and see if they, they've thought of anything like that. But I think it's a great, great idea by the Cowboys and more teams should do it. Yeah, I uh, I hesitate to say anything good about the Cowboys ever in I any situation. Did, I know Dallas you know. sucks, yeah. Elliot. You, I don't know if you knew that. I'll say it again for you. Mm -hmm. Dallas sucks. They suck. It's a great idea. I, I you know, I, I, I would love the Eagles to do it. I, I agree with you. I think every team... If they can get that kind of buy-in from their players to do something like that, I think it's a no-brainer. Why not? Look, like you said, it's not a perfect bubble, but at the same time, like if it's going to be at all better than what they're doing now, why wouldn't you take every possible precaution you can? It just seems like such right. a no-brainer. Uh, and and again, it all comes down to getting buy-in from those players. That's obviously the key. But man, yeah, I'm with you. I think you got to give them credit. I think that's a really smart move, and and I would love if the Eagles did it. Yeah, I would love if the Eagles rented out a hotel. From now till, you know, the third week of January or whatever, who knows, maybe the second week of February, depending how their season goes. But, you know, rent out, rent out a, a hotel and say, nobody has to stay here. It's just here if you want it. I think that would be a great idea. And again, not a perfect bubble, but it is better than nothing. Although I will say now that, and I still think they should do it, but now that we're a few weeks into training camp, hasn't really been a big outbreak. I mean, these guys are around each other all the time. They're out on the field together. They're not, they're not tackling and I guess they're like the offensive and defensive linemen aren't like up against each other, but they're in meeting rooms. They're around each other all the time. And you haven't seen an outbreak at all in the NFL, knock on wood. Uh, so I think that's, it's extremely encouraging. It absolutely is. I, now I will say, I think, you know, everything gets a lot more complicated when teams start traveling and intermingling yes. and all that. So I, I agree with you. It is great news. You don't, I mean, if we start seeing it before the season starts, we're, we're really in trouble, but, um, I do, you know, I'm, I'm with withholding judgment on on how well it will work until we actually get into the season and and things start rolling. But look, it's a really good sign that this season's going to start and and hopefully that that can continue. Uh, one other thing with the Cowboys before we get to our ten questions, as uh, 
less credit given here. Jerry Jones has come out and said that they will have fans in the stadium this year. Certainly week one is what he's saying. Now, there has not been a percentage of fans that have been announced. They've talked about the idea of using suites, I believe, as like a, you know, a little place where you can get 10 to 15 people together. I still think when you talk about, you know, getting people into the stadium, all this type of stuff, for me, this seems pie in the sky. It seems ridiculous. Where do you come down? So I think with with all things COVID, I want people to do things as long as they're safe, right? Like I, I think there's obviously there's precautions you should take. I think there's certain things where it's not worth the risk at all. An uh, example I would use is going to the beach. Like people would go to the beach and then there'd be a lot of like shaming. Well, well you shouldn't be out. But like then doctors came out and said, going to the beach is safe or at least somewhat safe. I, I now hesitate to say any absolutes because yeah. things change so much. But, but I guess the point I'm trying to make is take the Cowboys out of it. If there is a world where fans can go to the game safely, I'm okay with that. Like if, if it can legitimately go safely and doctors believe it's safe, then yeah, fans should go. Now, do I believe that the NFL, when it comes, and especially Jerry Jones, to play to when it comes to fans going into the stands, will their top priority be safety? No. Will it be safe? No. Because even if, you know, first of all, just think of the process of getting into the gate. Like we've seen the link outside totally. on a Sunday. And, totally. and there'd be less people, but what are they gonna social distance in line when they're at the ticket gate? Are they gonna social distance when it's a third quarter and they're drunk? Like, you know, so I, I don't think it's safe. Look, I think we both hope there's fans. We want them to do it safely. But the fact that it's in a state that I think it's fair to say, you know, has not been great with handling COVID. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't think there should be fans uh, in the stands this year. I just I personally don't think it's it's worth the risk. I 100 percent agree. It, it, look, like you mentioned there, if there are fans in the stands, we know the single sole reason for it happening. And that's money. That's it. And if yeah. we're talking about health and safety being the most important thing and also actually finishing a season being the most important thing, then take as few risks with anyone's health and safety as you possibly can. And that just means that you're without without fans in the stands. The NFL will be fine. They make so much money from TV contracts. They are the behemoth. Even still, they've made so many so much money year after year. Their value of a franchise is go up and up and up. Take a year off. All right. Just play it safe for one freaking year. Elliot, I'm well, I'm very with you. But where I know we disagree on is I, I do think like if some cities can have fans and others can't, I'm okay with that. Yeah, like, strong disagree long, on that. Yeah, I know. I know we, you we've been down I, this I, road. Right. I, I don't think it's that big of a competitive advantage. I don't think any fans. I don't think any stands will be full this year. So right. I'm not even sure how much it would really matter. But right. if you're if there's a city that can safely get fans into an outside stadium, I would be okay with that. I just I have to know it's being done safely. That that's the key. And and I like I said, I frankly don't trust. The, the Cowboys to do it safely. Yeah, I 100% agree. All right, let's get to our 10 questions because we got a lot to get through. And the, I, I'm I'm very excited to see some of the answers to these questions. Go. This is the, oh, I, it was me that time. There ding. you go. We need like yeah. a bell. We can ding it every time we say excited. But you know what? I am excited, Elliot, because we're talking about actual football storylines. We're like 30, what, 31, 32 days from, from Eagles season starting. I mean, this is, this is getting yeah, 31 real. Days. 31 days. I mean, that's... It's pretty exciting. Tomorrow would have been the first preseason game. It's wild. It's what I mean. It, I would, we I would talk, have been in Indianapolis. Well, we talked about this on our, on our radio show on Saturday, and you can hear us every Saturday, one to three on WIP. But the idea that that right now, normally at this time of year, we are 
eagled up, man. Like we are every storyline. We're lo- worried about roster decisions, battles of the, you know, who's going to be the 50th, 50th, 51st, 52nd, 53rd guy on the roster. I mean, that's where we're at right now. And it, it definitely has been unique this year for many reasons, but certainly in the, the yeah. lack of, of kind of that intense Eagles talk, you know? Yeah. And Doug talked. Doug talked about that, you know, to the way that in theory, most year, like they'd be playing their first preseason yeah. game tomorrow. So it def- definitely sucks. It's not happening. But like you said, that is going to change soon. And I'm more and more a believer that once football starts, it is not going to stop. I feel confident in that. So I am not entering this year with a worry of what if it goes away? Anything's possible. But I think once Monday starts and I'm at training camp practice, like, that's it. Like I'm that the beginning of football is here. Like my normal fall schedule will commence. So uh, I'm not I'm not worried about it. All right, Elliot, let's dive in. Ten questions. So for so people understand here inside baseball, Elliot came up with the defensive questions. I came up with the offensive questions. We got five for each. We're gonna go back and forth. I'll start it off, Elliot. And the first question again. These are five questions for each: the offense and the defense, and kind of just. A way to get in to look at some of the what I think and what you think, obviously, on the defensive side are going to be the biggest storylines with these sides of the ball throughout yep. the season, heading into the season. So let's start with a big one. I mean, it's pretty important to protect your franchise quarterback. And the left tackle of the Philadelphia Eagles is, I could just say, the question alone could just be Andre Dillard question mark, Elliot. Yeah, seriously. We don't know, man. So, so where do you stand with Dillard and, you know, what are you expecting from him and you know, honestly, like, do you think he's going to be able to handle it? The only reason I believe in Andre Dillard is Jeff Stoutland. That's it. I think if anybody can get anything out of Andre Dillard, it'll be Jeff Stoutland. And I think the fact that he's in a, a locker room that does have Jason Peters, does have Jason Kelsey, um, I think that's really important. It has Lane Johnson. So he has the support system around him. I think it's really good he's added strength. I still think at the end of this year, we will be talking about Andre Dillard as a problem. I think, I just, I don't see it. Like, and I get that last year wasn't ideal in a lot of ways. He was a rookie, uh, you know, so you have to give him time for that. He was a backup that, you know, didn't get reps with the starters during training camp. He had to start on the opposite side. I get all those things. The guy just doesn't pass the eye test to me. I think he's just a, like a below average type to average type player. Do I think he's going to be a huge, huge problem? No, but I don't think at the end of the year, anybody's going to feel confident about him. And I think there's a chance he's not the starter in 2021. Oh, <laughs> that's, that's less than yeah. ideal, Elliot. Cause I mean, look, you, you take a, a left tack on the first round, you trade up for him. You know, you need that guy to be your franchise left tackle. And if he isn't, that's a major problem. And look, I am with you. I, I, Again, I'm hopeful. I liked Andre Dillard coming out of college. I thought the idea of getting a guy who, you know, had spent so much time in the passing game, to, you know, uh, playing offensive line in the rare air raid offense was a was a good idea. Like, I figure, you know, you can teach him the run stuff, especially with Stoutland, but it's a passing league. Protecting Carson Wentz is the most important thing, and getting someone who's advanced in that area I thought was a good idea. But, man, I, I don't know how. And, look, to be fair, the Eagles are starting the season with Andre Dillard as their left tackle, and they know how important Carson Wentz is. So that does say something to me that they're willing to trust Dillard. But, man, just the whole timeline of the Andre Dillard thing leading up to now, 
I don't know how anyone could feel confident in him. I just don't. How many times have we heard? There were trade rumors for him. And and again, yeah. we've talked about this. That doesn't come from nowhere. That's not just something that is out of thin air and people making things up. There were talks. There were rumors. And that comes from somewhere. And again, if, if the Eagles were at all down on him enough after trading up for him in the first round a year later, less than a year later at times, to even consider moving on from him, that alone is a massive red flag to me. And the point you made about how they're starting him, they're protecting Carson, so they must feel confident in him, I think there's absolutely some truth to that. But I would also say that although they have more invested in Carson, and Carson is more important, Andre Dillard is also extremely important. Yeah. He was a first-round pick. He plays a premier position. They traded up to get him. I mean, it was only a few spots, but they still went up to get him. So they do have a lot invested in this guy. So would they start him if they weren't 100% confident? Yes, I think they would. I think their their plan is to put him out there, even though they're not 100% confident in him. <laughs> That's great. I do think that— <laughs> I agree yeah, with you, by the yeah. way. I agree with you. Well, and the other thing that I should note is, you know, people are kind of saying, well, week one will be a great test for him because Chase Young. And I agree. Like, Chase Young's going to be very good. He was the number two overall pick. Andre Dillard's also a first-round pick. Like, shouldn't people in Washington be saying it's going to be a great test for Chase Young right off the bat? Like, Andre <laughs> Dillard was also a first-round pick. So, you know, Chase Young's never played a snap. Andre, Andre Dillard's been in the league for a year. Like, that is a matchup Andre Dillard should be able to win. As good as Chase Young is, he's it'll be his first NFL game. Andre would have multiple NFL snaps under his, a lot of NFL snaps under his belt, a full year. And he's a first-round pick. I get it's not number two overall, but he was still in the first round. So, I, I'm not like just if he struggles week one against Chase Young, I'm not just going to say, oh, well, that's Chase Young. Like we have no idea what Chase Young is going to be. And I do think he'll be good, but we have no idea. So I, I think he should be expected to play well in week one. He'll have a full, you know, the the full training camp. He would have a year under his belt. Like there's no excuses for him. He This is his second year. He's a first round pick. He has to play well. And if he doesn't and I'm skeptical he will, they have to move on sooner rather than later because you can't have a question at left tackle. Yeah. Uh, look, Elliot, I, I think you said it really well there and and sadly I don't feel confident with him going against Chase Young. Let me ask you a question. Let's say Andre Dillard comes out and plays well in the passing game but is an issue in the run game. Is that something that makes you feel better about Andre Dillard that that's something they can work on or do you need to see Andre Dillard be able to at least, you know, have success in both phases of the game to really feel confident about him? Well, again, as a first round pick, he should be a, he should be an elite level player. At, at at both of those things. Now, I think it's clearly more important he can pass pre- pass protect, right? I mean, the Eagles do it more. It's more important in the league. Uh, and I think you can just run to the other side. You have really great, uh, although I guess now that Brooks is hurt, it's a bit more of a question. But yeah, if he if he protects Carson really well and struggles against the run, I will, I will take that. If at the end of the year we're saying he's got to get better against the run, but he did a great job protecting Carson – that would be a great outcome. I yeah, feel for the sure. same way, man. And and I agree with you. You want him to be good at both. But that's where we're at with Andre Dillard. The first round pick is just protect Carson Wentz and we'll figure it out. Yeah, All it's right. very sad. <laughs> what is, uh, what's question number one about the defense? All right. So going from a player that I think has been one of the biggest topics all offseason to a guy that I think should be talked about more, my question is about Darius Slay. What would make, in your opinion, Darius Slay's first season a success? Okay, that's a great question. Um, first and foremost, uh, I want to see, and again, I, I'm not saying this 
is you know success or not, but I would like to see Darius Slay follow the top receiver. I know that's not something that Schwartz has done a lot of, but I know he has alluded to the fact that maybe he'll do more of that with Slay. I would like to see that, especially as we've talked so much about how little we trust, whether it's Sidney Jones, whether it's Monte Maddox, whether it's Rasul Douglas. I want to see Darius Slay. I want to see Schwartz adjust and have Slay covering the top receiver as much as possible. And with that in mind, I think a successful season is from Darius Slay is one where we say, wow, like maybe he got beat a couple times, but more often than not, you could take Darius Slay and put him up against Amari Cooper. You could put him up against, you know, uh, uh, Adam Thielen, whoever, any top receiver mm-hmm. that the Eagles are going to play and say, he handled himself. He The reason that they lost this game, if they lost it, was not because of Darius Slay. For me, that's a successful season. I know that, look, I want to see turnovers. I want to see that type of stuff, too. That matters, obviously. But for me, if we're watching the games and the number one receiver on the other team isn't showing up more often than not and it's because of Darius Slay, I'm going to feel really good about that. So let me ask you a, a quick question. If you had to guess... So Darius Slay has played seven seasons. How many of those inter- how many of those seasons do you think he's had three or more interceptions? Um, I feel like he's not been a huge interceptions guy comparatively. Um, but I don't I don't know if Tom answer. So you said out of seven seasons, how many was he three or more? Uh, yeah, I'll say especially because you're asking the question in the first place. I'll say two. Yeah, well, that's dead on as normal. So. <laughs> But so the reason no, I bring that I, up is that's the point. I, I get what you're saying there. Well, and Howie Roseman has when he when he required when they acquired Darius Slay, there was two things they really like hyped about him. One is what you talked about, his ability to shut down the number one receiver. And that is definitely a barometer for this year. D- Jim Schwartz has talked about it. They've also really hyped up his ability to create turnovers, like saying he's a ball hawk, saying he's gonna get the ball back from the offense. I am a believer that interceptions matter for a uh, cornerback. I know with Byron Jones, we had this debate how he had won, I think, in like five years. And it was, well, they were never throwing at him or whatever, blah, blah. I do think interceptions matter. So I, I think that because they've placed this on him a little bit, it, he does have to produce turnovers. I think that's important. I, I can't put a number on it. like, But when he has the chance to make plays, he has to make them because the Eagles have highlighted that uh, – that's why they got him. Another Darius Slay quiz question for you. So Darius Slay, or I'm trying to think of how to go about this, which will be more, which you have a less chance of guessing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Jalen Mills, over the last two years, according to Pro Football Reference, do you want to guess how many times per game, on average, he's been targeted? Jalen Mills. Two years, you said? Over the last two years. Pro Football Reference has been tracking the stat the last two years. I'll so. say... Seven times. Okay. Again, deadly close. 6.7. Do you want to get... (laughs) I'm good at this game. You are. You're very good. Do you want to guess how many Darius Slay has been targeted? I'm guessing by the way you ask it, it's more than we would think. So I'll say seven also. 6.4. So like roughly the same. I had a feeling by the way you asked the question. That's actually surprising, Elliot. That's the tough part of asking these questions is people don't guess honestly. Now they just know know that I'm trying to make a point. But so the reason that's interesting to me is there's this perception, I guess, that, you know, teams don't throw at him. Well, I don't think anybody would say that about Jalen Mills. I don't think anybody would say teams shy away from throwing at Jalen and I'm Jalen's number one supporter. So like Darius Slate does get thrown at. Now, maybe that'll 
change now that he's in the Eagles. I don't know how that'll impact things, but he's going to have inter- he's going to have chances to make a play on the ball. And I think to have a successful first season, like you said, he has to show he can shut down a guy when the Eagles really need him to. And, but I do think he has to create turnovers. All right, Elliot. Question number two on the offense, and I'll be honest, I'm cheating here because I am I am Perfect. making this multiple within one. As with the Andre Dillard question, I said I could have just said Andre Dillard question mark. Theoretically, I could just say the wide receivers question mark. But I'll go deeper. I'm going to give you three. One, counting on Deshaun and Alshon. How's that going to work out? Two, Rager is a rookie. Can he actually contribute? And three, are we going to see anything out of J.J. Arthur-Whiteside? Wow. So you came up with five questions, but really you came up with eight because those those are like basically. I told you I was was cheating, Elliot. I mean, come on. No, it's, it's all good. So the first one, the expectations are so low for both that it's hard for me to say it's going to be a complete mistake. But like, again, how can you really count on these guys to be impact players with Deshaun and Alshon? Like we, we struggled to talk about how many games we think Deshaun will play. I don't know. Do, do, do I think that at the end of this year, we're going to say Deshaun and Alshon help these team win? I, I just don't like, I think Deshaun will have some games. And like I said, I think they will target him a ton. Uh, but I just don't, I don't trust the duo. We saw it last year. They're a year older. So I would say it's not going to work out well for them. I also think it's a risk that's not worth taking. And I think it's one they're taking because of money. And if money was not a factor, neither of these guys would be here. And that doesn't give me a lot of confidence about what the Eagles feel on the field. So that would be my answer uh, to that one. Do you want to speak I, on I it just before I go to next? I, I don't have much to say. I, I think you literally nailed exactly what I would say. I think it was a mistake to count on these guys, especially as much as they have. I, I agree with you. I think money is the reason they have. And look, who the hell knows? That's honestly that I, I, I am not expecting much from any of them, particularly in games played. You know what I mean? Like between yeah. these two, I have no idea what type of games we're gonna we're gonna get out of them. So I think you nailed it, which leads really nicely into that second part of this question. I mean, what can we expect from Jalen Rieger? They're they're going to have to, based on this, even with especially just Alshon, we 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 don't know for sure, but we feel incredibly confident that Alshon's gonna start the season on the pup list, that he's a much bigger injury question than Deshaun, and Deshaun is a obviously every year type of injury question. But, you know, with those in mind, like, Rager's going to have to give them something. Like, it's not going to be something where he can just learn all year. Like, they're going to need some production from Jalen Rager. Are they asking too much? What, what's, what do you think about Rager? I think for Rager's season to be a success, there has to be two things. I think that he has to show he can get behind defenses. Now, I don't know if he has to do it consistently because of the Deshaun thing. I don't know how much I'll ask him to do it, but I would like to see three or four catches from Rager this year of over 40 yards. Just enough where you're saying, okay, like I've seen him do it. Um, In terms of yardage, we've talked about the 650. Uh, that's the over-under for him. I think that's way too high, but I also don't think you can have 250 like Aguilar. Like I would like to see around... 500, 550. But the other big thing I need from Rager this year, got to see that he can catch. I know that at TCU, the excuses for the drops were that he had a bad quarterback and he had, I think, the most kind of like uncatchable balls thrown his way in college football or some type of stat like that. I got to see him catch. If he has struggles with drops this year, that's a major red flag for me, especially since he had him at college and it takes away that excuse. So those are my my two, I guess, main ones. I got to see that he's quick and I got to see that he can catch. Yeah, I... I... <laughs> Elliot, we're on the same page with this, and and Elliot I'm mentioned, it. yeah, you are, you're crushing it right now, and and Elliot mentioned that at the 
Park Sportsbook and Casino app. You can bet on whether Jalen Rieger will go over or under 650 yards. And, and I think Elliot and I both feel pretty confident that we would feel quite good about taking that under. Not good from the Eagles fan perspective, but from a what-we-expect perspective. But at the same time, like, I can see a world where he does go over just because the Eagles might really need him to. And he might be yeah. forced into situations. And, and you hope that that speed, that ability to get behind people can turn into some big gains. I think it's a great pointy. What's the uh, what's the thoughts on Jay Jaw? Oh, man. So the perfect way to talk about him is I forgot you. I completely forgot <laughs> I know, you asked well, that you wanna, All right, again, yeah. <laughs> inside baseball, and we say that all the time, but I literally was about to say, all right, Elliot, what's the next question on defense? As I'm looking at my sheet and I have J-Jaw on it, like, I'm with you. I was right. literally about to move on, and then I remembered that J-Jaw was a part of this question. Well, and, like, so today we're talking to Doug, and I asked him about Greg Ward, and I was kind of like, should I ask about our Sega Whiteside <laughs> or – <laughs> like he's just gonna say, you know, like, oh, we're excited what he's gonna do in year two. But like, I don't know, man. I again with kind of like with Alshon and Deshaun, the expectations are so low, it's hard for me to imagine him coming in below the expectations. So on the flip side, I guess he would kind of have to shine. I do think a year under the a year in the system, a year of not being a rookie, I think that helps. Um, what concerns me is it did not really seem like him and Carson were on the same page. There were a few plays last year where you know, I think I remember one in the end zone. I think it was against Washington where it should have been a touchdown, but they were kind of miscommunicated. There was a play against, I think it was the Seattle game, the first one where I got torched on Twitter for saying it was Wentz's fault and people tried to say it was Arcega Whiteside's fault. So there was there were moments where they weren't on the same page. You didn't see that with Greg Ward. And that's my concern is that the fact that they weren't on the same page. Um Look, I, I think he's just going to be what he was last year. Maybe a, maybe a little better because I think he'll he's get he'll get more targets because Alshon will be out the majority of the year. But I'm not optimistic about uh, him at all. Yeah, my worry too is as we've talked about all the problem running routes and the and the the head stuff where it just seemed like he was always in the wrong spot doing the wrong things. That that concerns me. But you hope. Look, we've seen wide receivers have horrible rookie seasons and then turn into something. But I, like you, am not super optimistic on J.J. All right, what's question number two on the defense? Okay. Are you in or out on Sidney Jones? That's a great question, Elliot. I really, really, really like that question. And um, as you can tell, I that like means, it. I like that it means so, you're thinking about yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> I do. You do. I was literally about to say I like it so much that I'm filibustering right now because I'm, I'm really yeah. I'm taking it seriously. Um, I'm out. I'm out on Sidney Jones, and it's a bummer, and it's hard. That's why I even had to think about it, because, look, the evidence on the field says we should be out. It just does. I know he made a couple plays last year at the end of the season, and whoop-de-doo, but, I mean, considering who he was, who we thought he was, he's just not that guy. And, look, maybe he's never truly gotten back to where he was supposed to be after that Achilles injury. Like, sometimes that happens. Sometimes guys have a devastating injury at a young age, and they're never the same player. Sidney Jones, to me, just has never shown... First of all, the athletic, you know, insane athletic ability that he was supposed to have coming out, but I understand it. But more so just confidence out there and and feeling like it seems like he'll make a good play and then there'll be three bad ones. I just, yeah, uh, we have enough evidence on Sidney Jones. I want to believe I loved the pick when it happened. I'm not going to go back and say, well, you blew it, Howie. Like, I love the pick. I did. I thought it was the right move. I thought the upside was high. It was worth taking him at that spot. I just think we missed. I think it was a miss. Sydney is so easy to talk yourself into. 
that that's I think the tough part and why I hear in your voice the struggle of saying you're out on him. Like I still think the potential is there. You saw him make big plays at the end of the year. I think he's a talented individual. Like I don't think he's not an NFL player. I just don't. Like he's too smart from a football perspective. He's skilled physically. The stuff about like him being tough or not and Malcolm Jenkins, and you saw a little bit on that of on uh, all or nothing. That's concerning to me. Like there is that part of it. So what I'm choosing to believe with Sydney, and I've been out on him before. What I'm choosing to believe is that coming off of this injury emotionally was tougher on him than expected. I think that coming, you know, you come to a Super Bowl team, he wins it, the, they win it the first year, you're hyped up, you're, you know, you're, you were going to be a top 10 pick, all those things. And I, he struggled as a rookie. And I'll tell you, it is really hard in the NFL when you struggle at first, just, it, you know, you doubt yourself, all those things. Like I've seen it, I've talked to players about it. So I'm not completely out on Sydney yet. And I'm not going to like, cop out of the answer because I know I have to pick one or the other, but I really am in the middle. Like I'm definitely not out on him. I'm just going to say, I don't know if I can. Yeah. It kind of sounds like a cop out if we're being real here. Yeah. I am copping out, Like, (laughs) but I'm going to pick in. I am. Um, There we go. Definitive stance. Yes. So I am in, you are out. And I'm also in on Rasul Douglas. I don't have a question about him, but I'd like to get that take out there. Yeah. Um, I like Rasul as a, as a, as a backup corner. I think he's, I think he's fine, but I, I, I don't feel great with him starting. Side question. If you had to pick one or the other to start for you, who would you pick? Russell Douglas. Yeah, I would tell. I've just, I've actually seen it in games. Like, I've seen him play well enough when asked to play the outside. I mean, Jones has been flashes. Jones has been moments. Like, I've seen Russell play some some solid games out there, and I know he's got deficiencies, but at least I know he's going to do certain things. Like, at least I know he's going to tackle. I mean, he's the best tackling corner on the team. Like, at least I know he's going to make tackles. At least I know that, you know, he's going to to make some plays, be able to do some press coverage, that type of stuff. With Sidney Jones, like, I really don't know what you have. So so that's kind of where I'm at with Sidney. I am, sadly, like, honestly, very sadly to say, but officially out. On Sidney Jones. All right, coming up, I'm going to get to our third question about offense. But you know how excited we are that that Philly sports is back. And upcoming Philly sports playoffs, there's a lot to get into. Elliot, the Parks Sportsbook and Casino app, not just the, the Philadelphia playoffs as well. There's a lot of playoff action coming up. Let me throw something at you first. As you mentioned it a while ago, uh, right here in this spot, and the fact that Portland is still plus 3,300 on the Park Sportsbook and Casino app to win the Western Conference is crazy. Go bet it right yeah. now. Go bet it right now. Dame Lillard just dropped 61 last night. 61 points, 51 the week before, or the night before against the Sixers, against Philadelphia. Elliot, I think Portland is a force to be reckoned with. I think that in this bubble there, anything can happen. There's no home court advantage. They are maybe not quite as talented as the two Los Angeles teams, but I don't think they're that far behind them. I love, I am doubling down on what you said last week. I am doubling down on Portland. I think this is an amazing bet, and people should go to the Park Sportsbook and Casino app and make this bet. Yeah, so ever since I talked about that on the pod, almost all I do is check the Park's Casino app for what Portland's (laughs) odds are. And let me say this. If Portland gets out of the first round against Los Angeles... I am going to make this bet. They are winning the title, and you can get them at plus 6,000. Wow. Those are worse odds than the – let me let me put it in perspective. Those are worse odds than Philadelphia. <laughs> plus 6,000 oh, no is worse way. odds than Philadelphia to win the title. We all know Philly is not winning the title, That's right? That's a great point, so, Elliot. 
Portland plus 6,000. I would do disgusting things to get Damian Lillard onto it here in Philadelphia. Like I, like, I think he is legit, legit. Another one I like, and again, loving watching the NBA bubble and just checking the Parks Casino app all day. I hate Toronto with a burning passion, but they're plus 1,100 to win it all. I feel like that's a good bet. Because I think Milwaukee's a fraud, and all the other teams in the East are like, okay. So if you get there, you have a shot. So I like that one uh, as well. Yeah, and and they got a great coach. Uh, I I really like Toronto. I like the way they play together. And to your point, I, I do not think Milwaukee's a fraud, but I do think that they are beatable in that bubble. And I agree with you. If I were going to pick another team in the East to beat them, I would pick Toronto, so I think that's a, a really good bet, and you can make all these bets on the Park Sportsbook and Casino app, and of course, the upcoming Philly Sports Playoffs, we are psyched. We love all the home teams after all. It's all about the home team, right? And that's why we go with the home team and have the home field advantage when it comes to our sports betting app of choice. We just talked about it. Our team at Parks Casino Sportsbook are right here in the Delaware Valley, right in Bucks County. We've been there. It is a beautiful place. That means your action and your money are safe and secure on their easy-to-use Park Sportsbook betting at Parks Casino Sports Betting app. It's the only sportsbook app backed by the number one casino in the whole state of Pennsylvania. It's intuitive. It's fun to use. Like Elliot just said, it's very easy to get lost in it and just be scrolling through all yeah. these different... There's futures to bet on. There's uh, individual game day bets. You know, like we talked about, you can bet on teams to win the title. Everything you want is there. The Parks Casino Sportsbook app. Bet with the best. You can sign up now and get a risk-free bet of up to $500. Again, a risk-free bet of up to $500. I'm a risk-free kind of guy, Ellie. You might not know that about me. Yeah. So download the app or go to parkscasino.com slash PA. That's P-A-R-X casino.com slash PA. And use, get this, the promo code GOBIRDS. G-O-B-I-R-D-S. We like that, right? (laughs) No yeah, space. Yeah, that is a beautiful promo. It's a beautiful promo. No space in it. So G O B I R D S. Go birds to get your risk-free bet of up to five hundred dollars. The website has all the details. Your risk-free bet is refunded on your loss as a free bet. You must be twenty-one and present in Pennsylvania. Gambling problem? Call one eight hundred Gambler. All right, Elliot. Question number three: Offense. I feel like this... okay. Although really quick, Ooh. I have a I have a gambling take Ooh, for you. All right, Sorry so to, one more. To go to the back. go to the Parks Casino Sportsbook okay. app and and listen to what Elliot has to say. Yeah. So you mentioned, and it's true that like the app is safe to use, right? It's local. We've been there, and that is very comforting to me as somebody that like at times when I'm gonna like when I've considered gambling the past, I'm like. Is this legal? Should I be doing this? Is this like, is this illegal? That type of stuff. And it is nice with parks that you don't have to worry about that. Let me tell you another piece of technology. I like how much you need comfort, though. by the way. This is great. I feel like this comes up a lot. Elliot needs comfort. Yes. Can I tell you a piece <laughs> of technology that I know I'm getting older because I don't trust it whatsoever? Sure. Putting my check into the, uh, like the ATM machine and thinking that it's going to end up in my bank account, not a fan. I, I just... <laughs> Not a fan. I don't trust it. I don't like taking photos of it. Like, I'll tell you this. When I go into banks, which is not often, but when I do, I always go to the teller. Like, I wait in line and go to the teller, and I fill out the slip. Well, Elliot, as you know, uh, as this has come up, that I don't do any of that. So I don't really have yes, to worry about true. that. That's but true. as as far as I know, I am about 99.99999% sure that Emily does it all electronically and has none of the issues that you have. So... 
risk taker. I'm just, it's not for me, man. I just, I don't trust it. It's the piece of technology where I'm like, nope, no, thank well, you. Well, look, luckily you can trust the Park Sportsbook and Casino app. That's, yes. that's the point of that. All right, Elliot, question number three. I feel like this is a pretty quick one to get through, but I think if we're talking about the five questions on, on offense or the eight, when I sneak a few extra in, uh, we have to ask, will Jason Peters be successful at guard? I mean, that is a big question heading into the season. I have more confidence in Jason Peter at guard than I do at Andre Diller to tackle. I maybe be the best way to put that. Uh, I think I think it's going to be fine, honestly. I think having Lane on one side, Kelsey on the other, having Stoughton as the head coach. Um, I you know I don't know if Peter has been studying the guard position over the years, but it's clear from talking to Stoutland that Peter's you know is aware of what everybody's doing on the offensive line. He's taking center reps in practice as a joke. Like I I do think he's going to have no problem learning this position and physically I think he can do it like again it is overlooked by the fact that Jason Peters played at a very high level of tackle last year I get that he had some offside penalties and those type of things but like when he had to physically block guys he did a very good job of it so I think that going to guard is going to be fine for him I really do I think he's going to be outstanding Elliot, I, I feel incredibly confident that we are not, and again, he needs to stay healthy, he's old, all that type of stuff, but I think Jason Peters, when he's on the field at guard, is going to be really good at it. I do. He He's too yeah. talented. Like you said, he knows everything going on at every offensive line position. You mentioned Stoutland. He's got the best offensive line coach you could possibly have, and also, you've mentioned this too, but it can't be ignored that he's playing between the best center in the game and one of, and probably the best right tackle and certainly one of the best tackles in the game. Like, he's got it made in there. Like, he's got two great sides. I mean, just think about the wealth of football knowledge and success that that side of the line has. It's amazing. I mean, it's wild to think about. We're talking about a Hall of Famer in Jason Peters, a on-the-track-for-a-Hall-of-Famer in Jason Kelsey, and a potential Hall of Famer in Lane Johnson. I don't know if you could find, and granted, you know, Jason Beers is not a guard, but in terms of just pure offensive line talent on one side of the line, it's got to be pretty high on the all-time list, Elliot. Agreed. I agree. I think he's going to be fine. Uh, I think, like, I don't know if he's going to make a Pro Bowl, but it'd be pretty wild if he made a Pro Bowl. How cool would that be, man? How cool would that be? Either way, I I think we can agree on that one. All right, what's next on day? Okay, so this one's going to be tough for you. Oh, no. What a a (laughs) lead-in. What a lead-in. Yeah. Because unlike unlike the fact that you pretend to really like Carson, even though you know he's a little overrated, Wrong. I know that you outrageous hundred percent love this guy. Probably your favorite player on the Eagles. Oh man, James, I ask you, is this Brandon Graham's last season with the Eagles? <laughs> okay, so not probably. Without question, Brandon Graham is my favorite player on the Eagles. It's not close. You know, I I, I love yeah. that dude, and you know we've talked about on the show before he loves you too he yeah like me say, and bg I've are like we're, we're dudes you know we're, we're cool yeah. um and uh, you know i've told the story before when i was working at a radio station after working for the eagles for three years i used to go around the locker room with a microphone and ask these guys stupid questions and i i, I felt like a thorn in their side more than anything i didn't think any of them really knew who i was that much or whatever i'm at the uh, at a radio station and brandon graham comes in for an interview he sees me he walks into my studio and was like man i'm so excited for you you're living your dream i'm so proud of you and i was like i can't believe you even remember me like it was that type of thing so he is among the best people i've met in sports just period um I don't know if this is my heart speaking or not, Elliot. I think he's going to be back next year. I think that when it comes down to it, when they look at their options, look, I don't think he's going to be back next year at the price that he is set to be back at next year. I think that it'll be one of those situations where 
He's going to look at the landscape, you know, coming off this year, what it'd be 32, 33, 33, I think at that point, um, getting yeah. up there. I, I think that he, he's in that rare position where he is one of those guys who truly legitimately can, can be a one team player and will forever, regardless of if he leaves or not, and whether it's the team's decision or his, he will forever be a, a true legend in this city. Someone we all love made the biggest play in the history of the franchise. But I think that when he looks at it and when he, looks at what the options are out there, I think the Eagles will make it worth his while enough to finish his career here. So I'm probably speaking with my heart. Don't leave, PG, but uh, I'll say he's here next year. I think the only team he would play for than the Eagles are the Detroit Lions, just because he's from there. Corey Unlin's there now. So I, I could see something like that happening. I think Brandon Graham will only ever play for the Eagles, and I don't think Brandon Graham's retiring in a year. He'll be 33 next offseason. He's certainly up there. But as we've talked about this offseason, the uh, defensive end position is very thin. So I, I do think that you know he, they're going to need him back next year. I think he'll have a good year, and I think that he'll be back. Now, you mentioned the price tag. I think his cap hit is $17 million. I haven't looked at the specifics of what they can do with that deal. I don't know if like the Eagles have the power to cut him and really cost him – like. It might be to his advantage when they renegotiate, but I think he's back, and I think not only is he back in 2021, it wouldn't surprise me if he played three more years in the Eagles wow. uniform, including this year. That would be awesome. And, and yeah, I meant to say it. I was just talking about BG, the guy, and finishing here, but you're right, man. They don't, they don't have a lot of other options. I mean, I think even an, a, a year deeper into age and career, Brandon Graham's still going to be one of the two best starting defensive ends on this team. I mean, where's the young talent to overtake him? So I think it's a great point. All right, Elliot, question number four. And I think this is a fun one because this is something, uh, a change this offseason that we really haven't gotten into a ton here. You know, we've talked a little bit about what's the offense going to look like and this and that, but what kind of an impact are Marty Morningwig and Skango, Rich Scangarello, yeah. going to have on this offense? What kind of offense do we see this year, Elliot? So I think that the offense was going to change no matter what. I think Doug realized that he should have moved Carson around more last year than he did. Um, and I think that that's a good thing because Carson is, I think the stats have shown, and as everyone's tweeted me, I think he was the best, statistically the best quarterback in the league last year out of the pocket. And we saw that at the end of the year. I mean, that throw to Miles Sanders was out of the pocket. He's at his best when he's creating. And part of the reason is because I think he's at his best when he doesn't have to read the whole field and he can only read half. I think a lot of quarterbacks are like that, but especially with Carson, who I think has some accuracy issues. So I think he was going to be moved around no matter what. The fact that Scangarillo and Marty Morningweg are in here, I think is going to increase those chances. That's what they're good at. Morningweg is coming from Baltimore, and obviously Wentz is not Lamar Jackson. Nobody, maybe the history of the game besides Michael Vick is. But I, I think that they'll have a little more of those type of plays where he gets out on the move. Um, I don't think he'll run it more, but I think he'll get out on out, out of the pocket more. And then Scangarillo, uh, a lot of the run concepts from being with Kyle Shanahan – I think will be added in there as well. So I do think you'll see changes. I think you might have seen them anyway, but I think it'll just increase the amount of time Carson's out of the pocket. I 100% agree with you. I 100% agree that that is the best version of Carson Wentz. I mean, look, that's what Ike Reese's whole thing is. Let the Bronco buck is all about yeah. letting him be him. And there is no question that when Carson Wentz is out of the pocket, when he's improvising, when he's making things happen, that's the best version of Carson Wentz. And I know there are injury concerns and worries about that but I mean you don't have this guy if you're not going to make him the best version of who he is and I think that doing it smartly finding ways to get him out in space and do things while you're still trying to protect him 
is incredibly important. And I think these guys are going to make a difference. I, I actually think this might be the most underrated thing that the Eagles did this offseason that will have the biggest impact. Because, look, we've seen it the last couple years, and I know Press Taylor is still there and a big part of it, but, I mean, not having experienced guys who can bring a different type of offensive vision, who can add to the greatness of Doug Peterson, like we saw with Frank Reich, has been a hole the last two years. I don't think there's any question about that. I still think we both think Doug's done a great job, but I think that even Doug would say, hey, you know, there, there are spots of this offense where we need to be better. And look, part of that's personnel. Part of that's like last year, if it, once Deshaun Jackson gets hurt, you can't stretch the field at all. You're a, you're a tightened offense. You know, you just don't have anywhere to yeah. go with it. Like, that's something that happens. But I think bringing in guys like, and and Morningweg, I mean, every guy who's ever played for him, I know John Ritchie says this all the time, uh, are just enamored with his offensive mind. They truly believe in this guy's originality, creativity. And I really like the Skango hire. Like you said, I mean, go get someone who worked with Kyle Shanahan. I think it's pretty clear Kyle Shanahan, at least right now, the, the premier young offensive mind in the game. And, and I think he did a lot of creative, fun stuff last year. And I think getting a guy like Scangarello, who also has you know, experience with the Broncos, experience in the league, is and, and was an offensive coordinator, someone who understands what they're trying to do and can add to it, I think this brain trust has a chance to really, uh, I don't want to say revolutionize, that's not the right word, but... Yeah, um, maybe don't go that you know, strong. No, that's not what the word, that's not even the word I'm trying to use. Right. I'm trying to say uh, invigorate, like to add something, yes. invigorate this offense. So my one of my concerns with Scangarillo is the fact that they didn't want him in Denver anymore, I think is concerning. Um, but I and like the kind of the what you read about him coming out of Denver and you know what fans say about him, which I know you're a big believer in as as I am. I am is that the I offense as offense was not aggressive and that they, you know, a lot of dinking dunking. And to be fair, they I, that didn't is, the personnel was I mean, they have wide receivers, yes. but but Drew Locke, you know, and only part of the season. I mean, prior to that um, you know, Flacco seemed pretty cooked. So I don't know. I, I think part of that's personnel, at least. Yeah. So I, that was going to be the point I was going to make. I 100% agree with that. I would also say, just having Vic Fangio as your head coach to me does not scream like offensive innovation. Like I know he's point. not calling the plays, but I just don't think that's a good situation for any offense to be in with having him as the head coach. So just one concern I have. Um, the other quick thing is you mentioned Ike in the LTBB community. Uh, I know he was on with uh, he stepped into your show yesterday on WIP on Monday and kind of was debating Joe Giglio and and the camera about Carson. And he made, I thought, a really good point that I heard it and I was like, well, I have to find a counter to this. And I couldn't. Huh. Like, yes. <laughs> Ike. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. This is beautiful. So, he brought it up, like, how many times has Carson played poorly and the Eagles have still won? It's a great question. I, yeah, I, I so I went, I, I went I and I looked, and I could only find two where I could rationalize it, and it was Minnesota his rookie year, and then it was another one of his rookie year games where he didn't play great. But the point's true. Like, look, now Carson has played bad in losses. Don't get me wrong. This isn't saying that Carson always plays well, but it is true that the games where Carson hasn't played well – the defense has not really carried them to wins. Like there have not been a lot of those wins uh, where Carson hasn't had to earn them. Now I think that speaks to why the quarterback win stat is important because if your quarterback plays well, you're generally going to win. But no, I, I thought it was a very good point by Ike. Yeah, me too. And I thought Ike was awesome. Obviously not going to. Obviously not going to tell him that or tweet yeah. him that. But you know, <laughs> don't worry, I got you covered. I'll make sure he knows. Uh, all right, what's uh, what's number four on the defense? Okay, pretty simple one. Are we underestimating the Eagles' defensive line? It's a great question. 
I'm actually going to say yes. Uh, I think that, and I and I know that we have not talked about him a ton, but you know, whenever the name Javon Hargrave comes up, whenever I bring it up, I'm really high on this guy. And uh, you know, you yep. just mentioned a perfect example of the what do fans say when they go. I know a lot of Pittsburgh Steelers fans, and to a man, to a woman, every single one of them said, "You're going to love this guy." This guy's awesome. Like, this is a... I wish we hadn't let him go. I mean, it was literally 100% of the Steelers fans I knew said, this guy's awesome. Like, you're going to love this dude Mm -hmm. on your team. And I think getting into this system with Jim Schwartz, the ability to penetrate a little bit more, it's not really what you do in Pittsburgh. That's not their system. He didn't have the opportunity as much playing nose tackle and stuff like that. I think Javon Hargrave here is going to be a legitimate, legitimate difference maker. And I think that between him and Cox and, and Malik Jackson rotating in and with Brandon Graham... There, um, but particularly the inside of that line, I think that being so strong at defensive tackle is going to make the defensive ends better inherently. And as a result, mm-hmm. I think that a way, that a lot of the way that people are looking at this defensive line is as a deficiency, as something where they're not going to get enough pressure on the quarterback. I agree. Look, I still would much rather see some serious pass rushers on the edges. Don't get me wrong, but I do. I think that the way this offensive or defensive line has been talked about. Um, doesn't give quite enough credit to just how good they could be in the middle. So another question for you that you'll, I'm sure you'll nail right on the head, but do you want to guess how many sacks the Eagles got last year from their defense events? Oh, wow. It's a great question. I actually don't, I don't know this one. I don't remember what numbers. I feel like it wasn't a lot. I feel like Graham only had what, three or four maybe range. I feel like Derek Barnett was probably not much Far from that. I'll say from defensive ends total, I'll say nine sacks. Wow. You were did not get this one correct. 25 and a half sacks. Get out of here. Well, year. that shows Brandon how far Graham, off I was. Brandon Graham had almost 10. I think he was at nine and a half. Wow. Derek Bart- oh, we had Derek the Jets Barnett. game. I forgot. I, I forgot yeah. about the Jets game. The Jets. Duh. Right. I'm an idiot. In my process, right. so- I totally forgot about the Jets game. Right. So a lot of those did come against the Jets. So maybe it's a bit of a misleading stat. But Derek Barnett, six and a half sacks. Josh Sweat, four. Vinnie Curry, five. Like, again, I would have traded for Yannick. I do think the defensive end position is an issue. But I'm not so sure that the defensive end or the defensive line is like a weakness on this team overall. I think that sometimes it gets talked about that just because when you don't have OTAs or mini camps and you have nine seasons to talk about something, things slowly spiral out of control. But 25 and a half sacks. Uh, yeah, 25 and a half sacks from their defensive ends. 13th overall in sacks last year. And they were one of the best teams in the league against the run. They did all that while getting maybe the worst season hopefully Fletcher Cox will ever have in terms of just his production, coming off the injury. And I'm not ripping him. It's, you know, it was expected. I, facts, I thought he wasn't yeah, going to yeah. have a good year. So I think if you get Fletcher Cox at like, 30% better than he was last year. I'm also big on Javon Hargrave. Malik Jackson at this point is just a complete like luxury. Like whatever he does is better. I mean, he did literally nothing last year. So I, I think that the pass rush is a it is a concern. Don't get me wrong, but I do think people are underestimating the Eagles defensive line. All right. Question number five on the offense. I mean, I think we all know. Everyone listening knows where this question is headed. Uh I'll phrase it in a in a way for you. All right. Uh franchise swag. It was back. Sure. The last four games of last season, you even said it, and then, of course, the playoff game sucks some of that out of this. What kind of Carson Wentz are we going to get this year? Is it going to be the guy we saw in those last four games? Is he going to build on that and move forward and be special? Or do you expect Carson Wentz to be more of the guy we saw in the first 12 games last year? 
So I'll be able to answer this far more accurately once we see him in training camp because Carson is the player Carson is in training camp is always who he is during the regular season. Prior to 2017, he had the, the joint practice with the Dolphins and just overall he was unreal in training camp. 2018, 2019, he was just okay. He had his moments, but he had accuracy issues. So Carson has shown the player he is in training camp is who he is that season. So in a few weeks, I'll have a better answer for you. I don't think you're going to get 2017 Carson. I, I just, I don't. Um, I think that you'll get what Carson was last year. Honestly, I think he'll have games where he struggles. I, I think that the Eagles could make the playoffs. And like I've said, as long as you have Doug, Howie, Lurie, and Carson, you're going to be a playoff team. So I think they'll, they'll probably make it. But I don't think the Eagles are going to be like 12-4. and four. And if they're not 12-4, and four, then I don't think Carson's going to have a great year. I think Carson's going to be who he was last year. He'll throw for some yards. He'll miss some plays. They'll have games where he just plays poorly and they get blown out. But I don't think he's going to be 2017 Carson. Yeah. Uh, well, you know where I'm coming from. Obviously disagree. Right. Now, I wish they had done more to help him out with wide receivers. Uh, but look, I think if Deshaun can stay healthy a little bit and give them 12, 13 games or whatever, it's sad that that's what like I'm hoping for in a, in a top-end scenario. I think Carson's going to have a really good year. And I think if nothing else, even with the guys around him, we're going to see Carson this year, and he's going to finally look health-wise like the guy we saw in 2017, like the guy we saw the last four games. I am legitimately expecting big things from Carson Wentz this year, even with the, the surrounding cast around him, even with the issues we've talked about. I think those last four games are going to be the type of player we see. So... I, again, well, maybe maybe I I'm speaking it, with my heart. Maybe I'm point. speaking with my heart again, but I, I feel I feel really confident heading into his what age twenty seven season. You know, physical peak of your body, all that type of stuff. Um, again, an off season where I know a weird off season, but still an off season where he wasn't worried about the injury. I know the concussion was an injury, but that's not the entire off season. You're coming back from that. Each of the last two off right. seasons, a broken back, the torn ACL, coming back too fast from the ACL, all that stuff. This is the finally an offseason, and we saw it. He bulked up, and I don't know if that's good or bad. We'll find out. But I think that physically, he's where he needs to be to start a season for the first time since 2017. And as a result, I'm going to feel confident about it. All right, E, what's the last question about the defense? So it's actually tr transitions well. When there are games where the offense is struggling, we've seen over the last two years, I think – Arguably, the defense has outplayed the offense. Um, so the question I have for you is, can this defense be good enough to carry the the team? Like, like if the offense is just okay, is the defense going to be good enough where they can still win win enough games? Or do you think the offense is, offense is going to have to win for them? Like, they're going to have to score in the high 20s, low 30s to win. It's a great question. And obviously, you know, some games will be different and all that type of stuff. But right. on, a, on a macro sense, and I'm not talking to win the Super Bowl, but I'm talking in terms of, of will the defense be able to carry this team when they need them to for games? I'm going to say yes. I, I actually yeah. I feel pretty good about this defense, Elliot. I really do. Uh, like we talked about, I think that D-line is, is underrated. I think the inside interior of the D-line is going to be elite compared to most teams in the league. And I, I feel okay about the secondary. Not great, but I feel really good about one half of the field. McLeod, Slay, I feel incredibly confident and I feel good enough between Nickel Roby Coleman who's a really good football player we don't talk about a lot but between Nickel Roby Coleman and figuring it out with the other guys there whether it's Mills or Parks or or Kavon Walls I just think there are enough guys 
who are good enough football players that they'll be able to find the right mix and match of guys and have enough quality players to put out there that I think the secondary is going to get by. Now, obviously, the linebackers are horrible, like atrocious as a, as a group. Well, but I it's disagree also, with you on that. You know, you, I, you like Nate, Nate, Jerry, Nate Gary a lot more than I do, but I think ultimately I don't think it'll matter that much because of the way Schwartz's defense are, defenses are. So I'm going to say yes. I think the Eagles have a really good defense this season. So when you asked me about Carson, part of the reason I couldn't tell you I thought he was going to be like this elite-level guy is because he's been inconsistent. Or if anything, his career has been pretty, you know, not, he has not been great for the majority of his career. He's been inconsistent. With, with Jim Schwartz, there's consistency. So although the pieces change, and I actually think in some ways the defense is better, I do think the loss of Malcolm Jenkins is a big one, but I think you get a better version of Fletcher Cox, which is in some ways uh, a new addition, and then obviously, obviously Darius Slay. So I think the players are a little better. But ultimately, Jim Schwartz's defense is always going to be good enough to win. Like there has been, I mean, there have been games where that defense has won it because of them. So I think the answer to this question is yes. I do think there'll be games Eagles win 21-17 or something like that, where the defense has a really good showing and their Eagles are able to win, even though the offense wasn't that great. All right. Ten, that was good. Ten I feel like we hit the storylines. You know, we kind of got a lot in there. Right. Do you think we missed anything? Was there an offensive question you would have asked if you were me that I, I didn't get to? Ooh. It's a good question about whether or what question I would have asked. Question about a question. No. <laughs> no, honestly, look, man, I just, again, I feel like I'm ready for some new information about this team, and we're going to start getting it next Monday. But, no, I, I think we hit all the all the uh, questions we needed to. I'm excited to get into this mailbag. Well, that's what I was about people, to say because yeah. there's a perfect transition. You just said you're excited to get down there to start charting things to see what's happening. Perfect segue to the question I was going to start, and we'll go back and forth kind of like we've been doing here. You fire one at me, I'll fire one at you. But mailbag, at GoBirdsPod on Twitter, if you're not already already following us, uh, obviously give us a follow and and interact with these things because we do ask questions in the mailbags at least usually once a week, but certainly a fair amount. So um, I think this is a perfect question. Uh, Philip Dudley, as you're just talking about getting back down there to see with your own eyes and to chart and all that, Philip Dudley asks, if you could spend all day charting QBs at training camp or binge watch Siesta Keys first time, like so you're you've never seen it right. before and you're diving in, what would you choose? It's a true Sophie's choice here for you. Yeah. Well, I mean, you gotta consider that I'm not watching Siesta Keys by myself. Like I would be with Kristen for that. So there is that component of the sure. question. Sure. And I and I do love Kristen, but Man, charting quarterbacks all day. <laughs> Holy moly, would that be fun. So I got to do that, man. I haven't been able to do it in a long yeah. time either. So, I think, I mean, if, I got I think if he had asked this question like last year during training camp, maybe it's a tougher answer. But, yeah. I mean, you there's nothing in this world you're more excited for than to get back down well, there and chart, <laughs> chart throws. And it's like I said on the last pod, like when I was watching that video, like I can like smell training camp, like it's right here. And then hearing Doug say it was going to be the same, like normalcy is returning in my life, at least a little. So I'm uh yeah, I mean, that one for me is pretty easy. Okay. I got one for you from our good buddy, wine mascot, who Shout obviously knows a lot about wine. Maybe a milk aficionado has a question. Skim 1%, 2%. Or dare I say whole? It's a terrific question. And uh, I think, you know, Ryan knows that I have a, a young daughter at home. So we have had 
only whole milk in my house for a while now. Um, so I have drank more whole milk than, than I would like or expect. So I, for that reason, I, I, I have whole, but in my preference choice for me, the definitive correct answer to this is 2% milk. It's just the best milk. It, it is. And, okay. and skim is water. Like skim is white water. So if you want to drink white water, sure, have some skim milk. 1%, like fine, I'll get by, it's okay. 2% is the correct answer. So I can tell you with supreme confidence that barring a gun to my head, I will never for the rest of my days on earth drink a glass of milk. So, <laughs> so wait, hold like, on. Is it this will a not thing? Be you're, you're not a milk guy? No, I'm not a milk guy. Like, who drinks <laughs> milk? Like, well, I agree. Look, it's not like I have glasses of milk very often. With cereal, all that type of stuff, you know? But I don't drink. It's not like I'll have milk, obviously, in the milk situations, like when I'm having cookies or when I'm having cake or something. Then milk is a must. But otherwise, I'm out. So you don't so, even have milk when you have, like, desserty type stuff and all that? No, definitely not. The only <laughs> oh, time I ever have milk is when I'm eating cereal. And James, when I have that cereal, skim I milk, use skim right? Milk. I knew it. I knew it. You're yep. such a. Yeah. You love water. It makes sense. It makes sense that you would love a milk that doesn't taste at all. Yeah, like milk. I think it's very easy decision. I'm going with the skim there. It's a great, given, given great the question, Ryan. And everyone, let Elliot know how crazy he is to not have milk with like a chocolate chip cookie. That's insane. I can't. I don't think you can eat like so an gross. Oreo. Like, how do you eat an Oreo without milk? What? What's? What's even the point? What are you doing? So here? I do. I do. I will say, like, and I don't have Oreos often. I'm not really big into cookies you buy from a grocery store. Like, I don't like those type of cookies. But uh, if you, cookies, guy, like, you're a cookie snob. Is that what I'm hearing here? Yeah, I'm, I am a cookie <laughs> snob. But like, so I will dip Oreos in milk. I just very rarely, rarely ever do I have the combination of both milk and Oreos in the house. So I, but I will say that that is pretty good. Again, I'm using skim milk, so I'm basically just dipping in water. Yeah, you would say. that's but basically like, what you're doing. So yeah. yeah. Two percent, right, Ryan. Two percent is the correct answer. All right, uh, I really like this question. It's a perfect segue because we're talking about food, and I'm I'm super intrigued to hear your answer because I I think I know, but I I don't know for sure which way you're gonna go. And um, I already butchered his name last time we did a mailbag, so I'm yes. gonna butcher it again. Shouts to Vanch. Vanch Bonsai. I think we should just call him V Beats. That's a cool Twitter oh, it's name. It's a great he, handle. He, he, yeah. tweet, right, so he tweets a lot. So yeah, V Beats 10 on Twitter. Nickname. All right. So shout out to V Beats. Uh, v asks us, how important is breakfast to both of you? And what is your favorite meal in a day? He says breakfast, brunch, lunch, dinner, something else. Okay. Just like the last question, this is a complete slam dunk. If it was up to me, I would eat breakfast every meal of the day. I go to bed excited to eat what I have for breakfast every day. Like I, I'm like pumped for it. And I have the same thing every day. Two eggs, a skinny bagel, vegan sausage, vegan cheese, and everything seasoning. Like pour it on top to the point where one time Kristen suggested I should get a funnel, right? So like that is what I eat every morning. I love it more than anything. I wish I could have it for dinner. So without question, Mine is breakfast. Okay, so you're right and you're wrong here. There is no question breakfast is the best meal. And really, if yeah, we're talking about, like, to, to, to B Beats' his point there, brunch is truly the best meal because you're just having breakfast food and it's okay to drink and have a good time. So brunch is my answer for what's the best meal. But I got to go back and because I agree. I mean, give me some huevos rancheros. Give me any sort of brunch bomb, any sort, like anything with eggs and potatoes and bacon. I'm in on all of it. Any, however you want to put it together. I'm in. It doesn't matter. I'm super in. 
here's my issue. What do you mean you have the same breakfast every day? What are you talking about? Every day. <laughs> so, every day. Okay, so I can understand. Like, I'll I'll go through phases where, and also I, you know, I got to come into the office every morning and I'm hustling and I got to drive Zoe and all that. So I usually, I'll have like a bagel with me because it's easy to eat in the car and stuff like that. But yep. if given my druthers, like I would go out for brunch and go to a brunch place and order a different awesome thing on the menu each time because they're all freaking awesome. How do you never vary it up when it comes to brunch or breakfast? I just don't really like variety. Like or when we go to the gro- <laughs> when we go to the grocery store, my only priority is making sure I have stuff for breakfast, and it's the same things. It's the same brand of vegan cheese, the same brand of vegan sausage, and making sure I have enough bagels and eggs. That's all I care about. Outside of that, like I help you know pick the stuff up. Like Kristen says, like go grab a cucumber, and I'll like go do it. But like I don't. I don't care about anything else. I love eating that breakfast more than life itself. I It is my favorite part of the day. So there you go. All right. Well, again, so I think you're both right and wrong. I agree with the breakfast take. I just want to, I want a little variety from you. E. I want to, I want to mix it up for you, buddy. It's all great. Nah, sorry. Can't do it. All right. Here's one. Here's one. This is good for you since you're on every single day. Yeah. From Grant Irv, from Grant Irving. I think I'm going to know the answer to this one as well, but Okay. What team or issue led to the best sports talk radio? Not what was best for the team or sport, but what team or issue led to the most fun debate and most impassioned callers? Well, I mean, the team is definitely the Eagles. It just is what it is. It, it drives yeah. the city. It's the best sport to talk about. I don't think, and look, you you know, everyone knows how much I love baseball. I'm a, it was my first love. Like, I, I love baseball. I love the in, ins and outs of it and all that, but there is nothing like football when it comes to the radio. To sports talk, there it is... It's the most compelling. It's the easiest to talk about. And and just quite frankly, it is far and away the most popular sport in this city and in most cities. So football period. And look, I mean, I, we don't want to hear it. I think we've all gotten to the point of of of, of tired uh, beyond belief with it. But I mean, Wentz Foles is is an all yep. all t- it's it's I think maybe the greatest sports talk sports talk radio topic in the history of sports talk radio. It's it's because um, it's so compelling. It's un, it's it's the most unique thing of all time. Nothing else has ever happened like it. It is so yeah. unique. So uh, it's just it's an all time great. So I honestly believe it's a better debate than LeBron Jordan, just because it they're at the same time. Like there's dynamics with each other, which is not really happening with LeBron and Jordan. So I do believe it is that is without question of my lifetime the best sports debate. And why I've said I think Carson Wentz is the most debated athlete in Philly sports history in a lot of ways, like because of the Foles thing. Um, So I agree with you on that. Quick take I will have on sports talk, though, and it's appropriate because the Flyers play tonight and I'm excited to watch them. I don't like the whole Flyers fans looking down on people about like, oh, you're hopping on the bandwagon or like the whole joke about how, oh, now people care about the Flyers. Like, guess what? I'll care about what I want, when I want. And it doesn't mean I care any less. Like, I'm a, like, I just, I'm not a fan of that narrative of like, oh, everyone's hopping on the flyers now. Like, yeah, because I'm interested in them now. So well, what? And again, like, it's not like you're not a flyers fan. Like, I, again, when I was growing up and it, it's changed, it's not, you know, hockey has just diminished in terms of popularity. It is what it is. I, I mean, when I was growing up, my dad and my uncle, their favorite teams, the flyers, like my dad before he passed away and my uncle, Alive still, like it's Flyers. Period. It's not even a question. If you said who's your favorite team, like that, Flyers. Like I grew up in yep. that that type of house, that type of world. The Flyers meant the most. So, trust me. Like I love the Flyers with all of my heart. I have loved them since I was a child. Like 
And and I kind of like I'm always watching the Flyers. It's not like I think that's another thing where they're like, welcome on the bandwagon. But it's like, no, I'm still there. I just don't talk about it every day because there hasn't right. been much to talk about. Like, what are you going to talk about with the teams we've seen over the last few years? Like, really, since 2012, they they just haven't been a real threat to do anything. Like the reason people are excited because, hey, they got an awesome team again. And I, I'm Elliot. I'm very with you. Look, I, I am. I am a big believer that if you're a Philly sports fan, like jump on the bandwagon for any of them. Like, please come on board. Yeah. The more the merrier. Cause we all love the same team. I agree. I think that is a thing with hockey fans where it's almost like, you know, if you're not a, if you're not a real hockey fan, we don't want you or whatever. I think that's crazy. like, if you're Agreed. a fan of the Flyers, you should want as many people to love your sport as possible because guess what? That's the reason this happens because hockey has not been as compelling in this city for a decade. Like, sorry, it's just what it is. So, very with <laughs> All right, one more, one more piece. How about that? Okay, perfect. Um, um, I, okay. Is it me or you? No, it's me. I'm good. Uh, I think this is a great, 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 great question because I can think of like 15 different things off the top. I will pick my best, but... Harry Pugilis, I don't know. Oh, that's the one I had picked. Okay, so good. Well, well, good, because Go I wanted to get to Justin in Tennessee to round it out anyway, so we could do that. Also, last, my but... sister submitted a question. I don't know if you saw this. What, what? No, so why are we not answering? You're reading your sister's well, question I was next. waiting for you to get to it, but I didn't ahead. even know right. it was your sister. All right, the, as since this is the one you were going to read, this is a great one. Uh, what's a skill you have zero talent out that you really wish you could do? Okay, this is easy. Uh, building things. Like being good at with like household objects, being like, oh, like we have to hang a picture. Elliot can just do that real quick. Like, oh, like their fence is coming apart. Elliot will just go buy some hammer and nails and put it together. Like that would be my skill for sure. It's a great answer. Uh, I don't need to worry about it too much because my wife does that stuff for me. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's a common theme here. <laughs> uh, Sadie Shore Parks, I see that. We'll get to that. Um, yeah. like I was going to say, you think there's a lot of short parks I out did, here I just on the skipped internet? It. I missed it. I totally missed it. Uh, I totally yeah. missed it. Uh, it's such a great question. Uh, for me, it's playing an instrument, uh, particularly like the guitar or the piano, just the ability to... Um, pick that up and and just be able to to play songs and and all. I mean, I would that would just be the coolest thing in the world to be able to to. And again, look, I say this as and both of our things really are things that we could learn. Like, let's be real. Like, yeah, that, yeah, I, for uh, sure. It's like uh, I really want to play the piano. Well, fine, play the piano. I, I look, I, it's a timing thing. Someday I'm gonna try and learn these. I've played a little bit of guitar, a tiny little bit. Um, but for me, if I could just sit out the piano and just you know, play and sing and, and it'd be awesome. That would be, uh, that'd be really cool. All so, right. You know what? I played the saxophone growing up, by the way. What? What? Yeah. How has this never yeah. come up before? I played it until like eighth grade. Yeah. <laughs> Can you still pick Like, were you good? Could you pick it up right now and do something with it? Or was it a, a... no, I mean, okay. it's been a long time. I, I used to be able to play the Looney Tunes intro. Like nice. Look at you. Amazingly though. Well, my, yeah. one of my right. life dreams that, that is a very achievable life dream that I just have done nothing about. So it can't be that big a life dream is I've always wanted to know how to play the peanuts theme on the piano. You know, the, I've always wanted to be able to do that. So I, I should do that. I someday. can play my, I can play my heart will go on on the piano. Look at you. Who knew how talented Elliot Shore Parks was? What yeah. Well, that's why I'm such an amazing dancer, you know? <laughs> um, um, Real quick, Sadie, right. Sadie's asked, what's scarier, a lot of rain or a lot of snow? I think we know the answer to this from your question, right? Yeah. Well, here's what I would say to Sadie. As someone that's been on the phone with me when I'm stressed out about rain, like she knows the answer to this. It's definitely not a lot of snow. 
like first of all, it didn't even snow. Has it even snowed over the last year? Like when's the last time we got snow around here? It's definitely a lot of rain. I mean, I've checked the weather app four or five times during this pod. Like, uh, so I'm very aware. Of, and I would uh, actually, yeah, you know, def- and I would actually agree with you. Like, I think I think rain is is scarier than snow because with snow, it's like you just bunker in and you're good and don't yeah. don't drive if you don't have to and if you do just be very careful and like look i'm sure there are situations where it could be very scary with snow but with rain there's always the the extreme ends of it and you don't know how bad it's going to be and like you said the flooding and all that so i think that's the correct answer well and also with snow people like it's assumed that things will shut down it's like schools close like the, you know don't drive those type of things yeah totally with rain, people it's just like on the free for all it's like oh it's pouring like all right well be here you know still gotta it's be gr- at school at it's a great a. point so, all right, last one. Uh, as much of a, a question as a, a response here, um, I'm actually going to save Justin's question about the movies for next time. What I want to know is, have you watched A Few Good Men yet? That is the question I'm asking for Justin in Tennessee. He's got a great question about movies. We'll, we'll get to that next time. But have you watched A Few Good Men yet? I have not. Um, oh, I did buddy. look it up today, though, and it was not what I expected. It had people I recognized in yeah, it. Yeah, of Tom course. Cruise it's Tom Cruise, Jack it. Nicholson, Demi Moore. It's like a yeah. big-time movie, man. What were you expecting? Yeah. Well, I had this image in my head of, like, two old guys in a boat on the cover. So I must <laughs> oh, be God. thinking of another movie. It's Grumpy Old Men, man. <laughs> yes, that's it. That's what I'm thinking of, Grumpy Old Men. Yeah. Yeah. So All right. I have not watched it. I'm ex- I well, I won't say I'm excited to watch it, but I, I will watch it. It it looks long. It's like you two hours. You should be excited. It is one of the most entertaining movies of the last fifty years. It's written by Aaron Sorkin. It's directed by Rob Reiner. It is perfect. It is a yeah. as entertaining a movie. I, I've seen it. It's one. Of, I've probably seen it five or six times. Like it's that. It's that entertaining. And I wish I go. I was gonna, surprised Aaron Sorkin did. I thought he was kind of like a new guy. I guess he's been Aaron doing stuff Sorkin? for a while. <laughs> yeah. He's older, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. He's older. <laughs> yeah. Well, apparently, because this movie was in 92, 92, I think I saw when three, I looked it I up. I believe. Yes. Yes. Aaron Sergan's been around yeah. for a while, man. Been around for a while. I'll try to watch it one day this week for sure. Please. I have to watch it before Saturday because I know Justin's going to call in. And As ask, well, so he I'll, should. Yeah. So, so you've got a time limit on this. A few good men. And, and to anyone out there, look, Elliot has made this declaration. If you are willing to watch two episodes of The Real Housewives of New York this current season and tweet him a picture of you doing it, he will watch a movie of your recommendation. No yes. questions asked. So hit him up on I that. I don't know why I'm agreeing to this, but Look, I it'll it'll I will, culture because yeah. you want to be better. You know you yes, need I to be, be better. Cultured, That's exactly. why. Um, awesome. Big uh, glass of milk <laughs> I do it. Too. Please. Skim milk is not milk. Uh you got any final yeah. thoughts? No, no. I was happy to get into the mailbag. I like when the we get the non-sports questions. So, uh, no, we'll be we'll be back later this week. Yeah, and keep them coming. And like I said, Justin has a, a great question that I I, I want to think about and give the correct answer here because it's a very wide-ranging potential answer. So I want to get the right one. So we'll do that next time we get a mailbag. And again, we appreciate everyone who chimes in at Go Birds Pod on Twitter, and of course. Parks Casino and Sportsbook. We really appreciate them. Please check out the Sports uh, Parks Sportsbook app. As we mentioned, it is fun. It is easy. You can get it in the App Store and uh, start betting and have some fun. So until next time, he's Elliot. I'm James. We'll see you later.